everybody. We are here, me and Matt, at Bank of America Stadium. Man, oh man, am I happy I changed my pick at the last second before the game. I know I can see you shaking your head, but hey, a pick's a pick. The Eagles, though, more importantly, the Eagles are winners here. They're now 5-1. and one. They beat the Panthers 28-23. to Easily, I, I don't know, I mean, easily the best win of the season, probably the best win of the past, I don't know, three years. When you take into account the opponent, the stadium, the situation. I mean, we're here. We're sitting in the, the coach's booth, actually. The fans are gone now, but during the game, this was a raucous environment. I mean, how impressed were you just off the bat with this team? Yeah, Elliot, this is probably the most impressive win and most complete victory that the Eagles have had since they went in on that Sunday night game against the Cowboys when it was Bradford and it was Jordan Matthews getting it to done, getting it done. But in terms of the Carson Wentz era, I know we're going to sound like a broken record because we said the same thing last week against Arizona, but this was the most complete victory that this group has had. And I put so much more stock into what we saw tonight against a Panthers team that has a perennial MVP caliber quarterback in Cam Newton. Wentz outplayed him tonight. You look at a defense tonight, forced three turnovers. Eagles converted those three turnovers into two touchdowns. They ran the ball 28 times. They passed it 30. By any metric imaginable and by the eye test, Elliot, this showed you just how good the Eagles can be. And you take away that game against the Kansas City Chiefs back in Week 2. This was their toughest opponent. This was the most complete team they've played on the schedule as of late. And, you know, the offense did what it needed to do, and the defense slammed the door shut in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and I mean, the thing, too, I'll say is, you know, you say we sound like a broken record, and, you know, guess what, guys? We're going to be saying that for a lot of years to come because Carson Wentz. He is the real deal. He is a franchise quarterback. He is, I mean, I know you'll do your quarterback rankings on Wednesday. I don't see how you don't have him in the top six at this point. Seven, I mean, he is surgical with it. I wrote in my my post-game piece, he's an NFL MVP candidate. There's no way around it. They're five and one. Whether they're the best team in the NFC East, you can argue between them, the Packers, and the Falcons, but he, I mean, the defense plays well. The running game has improved. Carson Wentz is what makes this team go. And I asked Zach Ertz after the game, and Ertz is a, is a special guy in the way that he was here through the whole Chip Kelly year. He was here through the first year at Doug. So he's really seen a lot of the ups and downs with this team. And he said this was the sweetest win they've had. He said it feels good to have gone through that and get this win. And with Wentz, he said, look, the guy's special. you know." And what really stood out to him about, what stood out for him tonight about Wentz, and I, I thought it was important as well, Wentz gets hit on that first drive. I didn't think he did a good job early on of recognizing pressure coming. Gets hit on the first drive. The ball is fumbled. The Panthers get it. They don't capitalize on it. But the pressure was an issue early on. But you saw this team bounce back. And, you know, last week they just basically smoked the Cardinals from the beginning of the game. The week before that, the Chargers did make a bit of a late run, but they had control of that game early on. I think you saw them go into a very hostile environment tonight. They fall behind early. They bounce back. They take the lead. The Panthers make a run late. And what I really wanted to get into, we could start with it first or maybe a little later, but the defense stepped up late. So I think you saw this, this team is capable of winning close games against really any opponent now. They went on the road. They beat the Panthers. And as Zachary said, it's a special win. And I don't see why at this point the Eagles would be heavy underdogs against any team anywhere, if not favored against, you know, 28 teams in this league. Yeah, I talked to Chris Long after the game for a pretty long time. You know, he – played for the Patriots last year. He's Mm -hmm. won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots. He's one of the veterans that you talk about as the commanding presences in this locker room. You talk about how young this team is, but you look at the veterans like like Malcolm Jenkins, like Chris Long, like Brandon Graham, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, who was out with the concussion tonight. But Chris Long basically told me that he's a little reluctant to say that this is a special team yet because Mm -hmm. it is only October. It is only six weeks into the season. But but here 
here's the deal. They're 5-1, and one, and it's sustaining this that is going to go a long way to determining what the Eagles are able to become as a team this year. They've proven they can win on the road. They've proven they can blow teams out. They've proven that they can win close games by one score or less. Another one tonight. It's their third one this year, Elliot, so that's yeah. a feather in their cap. But, you know, the bigger picture here, if you want to start to project out what games like tonight mean, the weather's going to start to get colder. You're going to be playing teams like the Denver Broncos. You're going to be playing Dallas twice. You're going to be playing Oakland on Christmas. You're going to be playing the Cowboys the last week of the year in a game that maybe the Eagles have the division wrapped up by then. If not, that's a de facto playoff game. You mm-hmm. still have to go to Seattle. You still have to go to L.A., but the Eagles have bought themselves a nice insurance policy. These well, five and, wins, yeah. four of them in, in conference play, two of them within the division – that when it gets cold, when playoff, when games take on significant playoff implications, having these wins tucked away in your back pocket is huge when it comes to tiebreaker situations, head-to-head situations, and just kind of seeing what your overall record at the end of the year could yeah, be. Yeah, and I mean, look, I think one thing I noticed about this team, especially prior to the Cardinals game is when I first started to really pick up on it, but they kind of, even though a lot of them will say something special is going on, they relish the underdog kind of mentality. I mean, from Doug coming out, uh, prior to the Cardinals game and pointing that everyone on Philly.com picked them, picked them to lose to the, uh, I forget which team, oh, the Chargers. Chargers and yeah. then uh, today I see Zach Ertz, and one of the first things he jokes about is, oh, you guys picked us to lose. Guess he didn't see my tweet before the game. But- asterisk for you. <laughs> you get the asterisk on yeah, that all right, win. All right. But I guess my point is this. My point is this. They like the fact that people don't believe in them. You can really pick up on that. They like the fact that people don't pick them to win. They like the fact not a lot of people thought they beat the Panthers tonight. I mean, I think I've seen a tweet going around. Every single member of the NFL.com CBS pregame show picked the Panthers. And with good reason. This is a very good Panthers team. Oh, yeah. And I think they really like the fact that they don't think people believe in them yet. But that's going to go away soon because, you know, as you mentioned, look, are they a special team? I think they're a special team. What what they'll accomplish, I don't know. But the five wins are already something you can't take back from them. I mean, look at last year when they lost. They went 2-8 and eight in the middle 10, played well, or at least better at the end of the season, but didn't matter because it was too late. I mean, how, so they played six games. They have 10 left. They, they already have five wins. I mean, what's right. the, what's the, the basement for this team at this point? Nine? I mean, if they go four and six, I don't think that's going to happen. So – you're looking at a team that they just play, you know, 500 ball the rest of the season. You're talking about a 10-win season. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously that's why these wins are big. Just because obviously they prove things. Obviously you get them in the conference. And I'm sure my math on that schedule is all types of off. It's 1230 here. But my point is these five wins, we could talk about what they matter and what they mean. At the end of the day, at the end of the season, they're going to be five wins and no other team in the league at this point. I don't know how many the Chiefs have, but I mean, the Eagles have the best record in the NFC. And now they're, they're the front runner. They're the team that other teams are trying to chase. And it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. But let's talk about yeah, They the- entered tonight, Elliot, yeah. as the number one seed in the NFC, in the NFC conference playoffs. If the season ended before tonight, the Eagles would have the number one seed and they'd be home yeah. on the way to Minnesota. But a win over the Panthers. Listen, you know, you Which talk is about. Come playoff time. Absolutely. You talk about having the head-to-head tiebreaker. You talk about the fact that the Eagles are now 4-0 in NFC play. They're 2-0 in the NFC East. You just look at those numbers that are starting to pile up in their favor. Everybody wants to compare what this year's team was to last year's team, and there's no comparison. Mm -hmm. There's no comparison in the way that the quarterback's playing tonight. Make no little note 
of the fact that they did this without Lane Johnson tonight. They yeah. were 2-8, and eight, and his quarterback rating last year was 25 points lower in games where Lane Johnson didn't play versus when he did. And it was a rocky start. Halapulavidi Vitae struggled mightily. He gave up two sacks in the first quarter. Kenyon Barner struggled in blitz pickup. But Wentz overcame that. He took a lot of hits tonight, hits in the pocket, hits on the run, delivered a punishing hit down near the goal line. And guess what? At the end of the night, you look at the, the stat book, 110.7 passer rate. 16 to 30, 222 yards. He was sacked three times, threw three touchdowns. Elliot, it's the third time in four weeks he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Those are things that, as you said in your observation piece, as you said at the top of this show, these are the type of games that MVP candidates string together. And these are the type of wins, these one-score wins over competitive teams, these are the type of wins that when you're talking about playoff teams, this is what they do. Yeah. This is what they look like. Well, two things. First, um, speaking of Vitae, he definitely did struggle early on, and there's no denying that they would have obviously liked to have Lane out there, but I thought a lot of the pressure tonight was more scheme and how the Panthers attacked them as opposed to just Vitae getting flat out. Oh, they beat. overloaded his side Yeah, I mean, I'm not denying and, right. Vitae wasn't good to start, but I do think that he did play better as the game went on, and I thought Wentz, you know, for not the majority majority, but he had time back there. I mean, obviously, I mean, he ended up, you know, what you said with his pass rating. So yep. he had a good game. But to me, the biggest part of the game is two minutes and 32 seconds to go. Wentz finds uh, Zachers for one-yard touchdown after they went for it on fourth down and got it. And then to me, that play right there was huge because you're trailing 10-3 to at that point. You're about to go into the half. I believe the Panthers got the ball to start the half, yep. uh, the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. They did. So you get that touchdown there. The Panthers completely botched the time management on the falling possession. They only even up attempting a field goal, even though I think it was going to be a 50. It was 50, a 48-yard. Yeah, yep. yeah, 48, 50 yards for uh, Gano, who was more than capable of that. But then after that, on the third, on the the Panthers get the ball to start the third. They punt. The Eagles get the ball back, and they – and they score again. Wentz, uh, Wentz hits Urs for a 17-yard touchdown. and On the next play. Yeah. On the next play. And I wrote prior to last week, I think you can make an argument Wentz and Urs are right now, obviously Brady and, and Gronkowski have accomplished more, clearly. But right now, I think they are the best quarterback tight end duo in the NFL. Is maybe Travis Kelsey better than Zach Ertz? I'd say they're number maybe. three. Maybe. Number three. Number three this behind, be a, behind, yeah, behind Brady, Gronk. Gronk's and, hurt all the time, though. That's my thing. And Kelsey here's, here's the thing. Smith. All right, since the beginning of the 2016 when Wentz took over, yep. no tight end quarterback combination has combined for more catches than them. And now, listen, obviously, I, touchdowns I, I, there, are not There's no there. bigger defender of Zach Ertz than I am. You, you've right. heard me when I used to do radio. You've seen what I write. We've talked about it on, yeah. the, on these shows. And you look at him, he entered tonight as the leading receiver as a tight end in the league. He had the most receptions, the most yards. He had two touchdowns. He doubles that total tonight to four, and he's averaging 12.1 yards per catch. Those are leading the league numbers, and Zach Ertz might be the number one or number two tight end I think it's him or Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, Gronkowski obviously is a very When healthy. Yeah, when healthy, right. But he struggles to stay healthy, and I will say that about Ertz. He doesn't. I mean, he's missed some time, but he's out there. And tonight, I mean, I think the first four, Three or four games, you can make the argument that Ertz's production was kind of the result of just a ton of targets. Yep. But tonight, five targets, two catches, both for touchdowns, obviously. Alshon Jeffrey, 10 targets, four receptions. I thought he had one or two passes he could have caught. He was, I mean, look, we, we don't have the benefit of seeing the replay again and again in the press box. Mike Quick, after the game, said he thought that deep pass down the field, I believe it was in the third or fourth quarter, well, where I thought it was a drop pass. 
Some lot of people in the press box did. Quick said he thought he was interfered with. But however you want to do it, not a great game from from uh, from Alshon tonight. But look, again, they win. Even though yep. they're not getting great production out of Alshon, they're still 5-1. and one. And that's the thing. I was thinking about this as we were standing outside the locker room. A lot of people will say, all right, the Eagles haven't even put together a complete game yet. You know, Alshon right. hasn't really popped out. Uh, you know, different parts of the team struggle tonight. Here's the reality of the situation. Six, there's 32 teams in the league. They all play 16 games. There might be two or three complete games among teams. I mean, it's just hard in the NFL right. to, to have every asset, every part of your team working. And that's what's impressive about the Eagles' win. It isn't that they can be better. It's that they're winning when things don't go completely right. They're, they're playing complementary football, and they're playing like a complete team. And, and very few teams are built and, and have the mentality to be able to do that. And let's just go back to Zach Ertz for, for one more thing. Mm-hmm. Reached out to a friend of mine, Aaron Blunt from Pro Football Focus because I, I remember go, <laughs> I remember going back last year and, and talking to people around the league and they were surprised at how little Zach Ertz was targeted in the end zone and the numbers back it up and the numbers back it up that Ertz is becoming Carson Wentz's favorite target in the end zone this year. This is from Aaron Block of Pro Football Focus. Zach Ertz, five end zone targets this season. He's been targeted 46 times total all year. You want to guess how many he had in 17 games last year? How many? Seven red zone targets in 16 games last year. What's also noteworthy, five of those seven targets came in the final three weeks of the season. Two against the Ravens and three against the Cowboys. So it was until week 16 last year that that Zach Ertz became a legitimate end zone target for Carson Wentz in this offense. Now you see it this year. He's on pace to blow away his numbers from a year ago, and that's just one of the many reasons why he's leading the league in touchdowns by a tight end. He's the leading receiver as a tight end in the NFL, and that's where you look at this offense continuing to funnel through the slot with Ertz and with Aguilar. It's clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. You have Ertz as the big body target down inside the 20, and you have Aguilar with his breakaway speed and all of a sudden newfound confidence playing like the first-round pick that we saw on tape at USC. This offense, regardless of how they get it done, the quarterback loves throwing between the hashes, and they have two weapons right now that are just flat-out getting it yeah, done. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar with another touchdown tonight. But one one player I wanted to talk about, a guy that I think we've both always been high on earth, so it isn't anything new for us to compliment him. A guy that I haven't – I've never been super critical of, but I've never seen as a you know, great, great player is Fletcher Cox tonight. He looked like that guy that's worth eighteen million dollars. There you go. You I came mean, around. Yeah, came around for well, one well, game. Welcome to well, the. We'll see. We'll see if he does it. We'll see if he does it consistently. Welcome to the Cox wagon. <laughs> yeah, but out of you, that's a good expression there. But uh, <laughs> but uh, so look, I mean, tonight he comes back. He he gets in and basically forces that one interception through pressure. And you could really see the difference of having him in there. I mean, the defensive line has played well the last few weeks with Bo Allen and Timmy Jurgen and with Cox on the sideline. But I thought tonight you really saw what a difference maker he was. And the defense holds the Panthers to 23 points. But statistically, I mean, Cam Newton, 28 out of 52, only 239 yards, three interception, one touchdown. The running backs, I mean, if you take away the 71 yards that Cam Newton had rushing, and yeah, those are rushing yards, but if you look at just what the running backs did, Christian McCaffrey, four attempts, eight yards. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, eight attempts, minus four yards. If you take away the Cam Newton's rushing yards, the running backs had 14 carries for nine yards. Now, I mean, obviously, that's a dominating defensive performance. This is one of the best teams in the league against the run. Yeah. And when you take away the run, you would think that, all right, well, this team's in trouble because their secondary is not great. Cornerback's a position I've, I was wrong about. Rasul Douglas tonight, he does have – I mean, he, he – 
almost gets that interception. He did have an interception, but late he struggled on the final two drives, but he's played well overall. Jalen Mills didn't have a great night tonight, but got the job done when needed. The cornerbacks have stepped up. The secondary has been a lot better than expected. And one thing I think you saw tonight was the defense finally stepped up late and got a stop. Yeah, and it wasn't just the one stop. And, and that, that final possession for Carolina where you have Derek Barnett getting his first sack and then three plays later, I believe it is, on third and ten, you get the Jalen Mills interception yeah. where Cam Newton was throwing that to God knows who, yeah, right, in the, in the middle of nowhere, nobody in the area. But that that is a defense stepping up, and I believe it was, what, 2.10 left on the clock at that point? So it was yeah. down towards the very end of the football game, and they get that turnover to put it on ice. We talked about it last week when they held Larry Fitzgerald to 51 yards and they made the, the Cardinals look non-dimensional, I think is the term we used. It's one thing to do it against a, a statue, statuesque veteran quarterback on the back end of his career, but for that secondary to do it again tonight against Cam Newton He's and make him look so foolish. good, by the way, so good. How good does <laughs> how good does he sell those play fakes? I those know. fake handoffs that turn into the scrambles, like the touchdown run in the third quarter. He's one of those guys that's worth the price of admission if you're a fan. Just, oh, absolutely. I mean, just seeing him with your own two eyes in person, it really is unreal, and it just. Makes what the Eagles did tonight on defense that more impressive. Leading rusher tonight, 11 attempts for 71 yards and a touchdown. But you look at what they did and, and forcing the three interceptions. They sacked him a couple of times. Fletcher Cox with the pressure up the middle. Barnett, Brandon Graham forcing his way into the backfield. And, you know, I, I just don't think that you can say it enough that against this caliber of an opponent, under these circumstances, on the road, on Thursday night, mm -hmm. not many teams are able to to do that. Not many teams are able to go into an opposing building like this against a team like this and do what the Eagles What'd did. What did you think of the of the game Doug called tonight? I the, thought it was brilliant. Yeah, a few, there was a few times where you could have debated. I mean, didn't go for it on that fourth down, decided to kick the field goal. Obviously, that ended up being huge. I mean, who knows what would have happened had he gone for it. Maybe he makes it and they go and score a touchdown. But I thought that was the good call. Um, he he uh, turns down a penalty. I think it was in the first or second quarter. Uh, where the Panthers on third down, basically making them attempt the field goal instead of giving them a fresh set of downs. I thought he did call a good game. And even though early on, I thought the Panthers kind of outcoached him a little bit in terms of how they got their pressure there. I thought his play calling was great. And I mean, look, Cam Newton, 52 attempts, Carson yeah. Wentz, 30. Yeah, you you look at the balance at the, at the end of the game. 30 passing attempts for Wentz, 21, or 27 runs, rather. Six of them were Carson Wentz right, scrambles. So 21, so 21 to, 30, to thir uh, 37. Yeah, something yeah, that's that's still fairly balanced. Yeah. And, and especially when... Especially when Wentz is far away your best player. And not only that, you talk about them scheming to get pressure against Vitae, and mm -hmm. I think that that's huge. I think that was definitely a bullet point in Ron Rivera's game plan. Credit Doug, credit Jeff Stoutland, credit Frank Reich for over the final two and a half quarters of this game doing a much better job of not only giving Vitae a little bit of help, but running the football, running passing plays over the middle that Carson Wentz is really comfortable with to kind of get that pressure not to be able to just pin their ears back. Right. They got them on their heels a little bit in the second half. They could have easily just said, you know what, the run game's not working, screw it. You know, Or we're getting pressured all the time, let's just try to air it out and get a chunk play and break their back that way. They stuck with the game plan. They, they, knew, they know what they are, they know what the quarterback is comfortable with, and they executed it at the highest level tonight. One thing I think we should get into before we kind of get into big picture stuff again the officiating tonight. I mean, I know we're both very active on Twitter during the game. We follow Eagles fans. Yep. 
Fans were not happy with the officiating tonight. I, what I, with I me? <laughs> yeah, we're with you, but what else is new there? But, like, <laughs> all right, so penalties. The Eagles had 10. They were called for 10 penalties tonight, or at least they ended up being flagged for 10 penalties for 126 yards. Panthers, one penalty, one yard. So, obviously, there's a bit of a discrepancy there. Yep. Here, here's my thing about the officiating. I'm not going to sit here. First of all, it's tough to watch a game from a press bo- from the press box and see this because we don't have the benefit of watching it time and time again on TV. A lot of times it's live, and then we can look up and see you know what happened there. And we don't have the benefit of the announcers telling us, exactly. hey, that's a terrible so call. So here, here's right. the thing. When we do our podcast with Joe on Monday or Tuesday, whenever we end up doing it, maybe our, my opinion on this will be different. Tonight, when Shocking. I watch that <laughs> – hey, man, it is what it is. <laughs> T- tonight, tonight, when I watched, t- tonight, when I just watched the game live, clearly there's a discrepancy in penalties. I didn't think – I mean, look, were there one or two plays that you could point to? Yes. But I thought the Eagles in some ways just played a sloppier game than the totally Panthers. Totally agree. So, I mean, I'm not going to kill the officiating here. I mean, it's a little tiring when Eagles fans again and again are on Twitter saying every call should be going their way and every call is against them. It is what it is. There's going to be penalties called. The Eagles, but to me, they overcame it, and it was it was impressive. No, I agree. And, and look, the Alshon Jeffrey block in the back, if you want to go That was by, reckless. If you want to go by letter of the law, he blocked him in the back. Right. You, you want to talk about the pass interference to Jalen Mills over the middle? He, had, he got there early. He made contact by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. Now, Mm -hmm. you can say that it would be ticky-tack penalties or why didn't they call holding penalties here and call penalties against the Eagles there, but Morelli's a guy who's a stickler for those sort of things, and his crew is known for throwing a lot of penalty flags, and... The, I'd Der- have to go the back Derek and watch. Barnett penalty when he just barrels into Cam Newton. After the game, I asked him about that. I said, did you not hear a whistle? And he said he did not hear a whistle yeah. or a whistle wasn't blown. And all right, fine. But watching that game live, that is one of the benefits watching it live. I think we all felt the play was over. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Barnett, and I forget who else was with him, just barrels into him. So, look, I'm not saying every call was perfect. I'm not saying... You know, maybe the few calls should have gone the Eagles' way is the way that didn't. But I didn't think a fish. If had the Eagles lost this game, I would not have pointed to the official. No, I agree. I, I agree. And the Eagles, the penalties didn't kill them, other than if you want to say that they should have called a holding against Brandon Graham, the play before Cam Newton ran it in for 16 yards. But uh-huh. who's to say Cam Newton doesn't run it in two plays later from 25 yards? Who's to say exactly. they don't score by throwing it to, you know, Ed Dixon or to Calvin Benjamin, who made a couple really incredible catches tonight? Uh, to sit there and blame officials or say that the officials are biased, I, I don't buy into that. I, I'm with you. I think the Eagles just played some sloppy, undisciplined moments, but that doesn't change the fact that when push came to shove, the Eagles' defense came up with big plays when they needed them the most, particularly in the final five minutes, and the offense moved the ball when they needed to. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't methodical. They didn't blow this team out, but I don't think anybody expected them to come to Carolina and blow the Panthers out of no, a football game. No, I, I mean, I said before the game, I thought even they could have walked out here with a loss and felt good about yeah, it. Right. I mean, that's how good the Panthers are, and that's how good of a tough spot this is. But, all right, before we wrap this up, um, obviously it's an instant reaction podcast, and there's no reason to be negative tonight. And we haven't been negative, and we're not going to be negative. This is an amazing win by the Eagles. They're 5-1. and one. Me and you could be covering a Super Bowl in Minnesota in, in a few weeks. Yep. But here's what I would say. What more do you want to see from this team? I mean, there's, you know, obviously keep, they, keep they, it rolling. they have a bit of a break here before Monday. They, yep. I mean, following Monday, they play the Redskins primetime. Initial reaction, I won't be changing my mind on this. That's a win. I yeah, think I they agree. beat the Redskins. I think I, they blow them out. Yeah, I think that game could get ugly. I think yep. that, that could really be a good game for yep. the Eagles. But what else do you want to see from them? Because, I mean, you know, before, if, we, if you would have asked me, if you would have talked to training camp, Elliot, and, I and you would have told me Patrick Robinson's playing great, LeGarrette Blunt's playing great, they're running the ball, the secondary's fine, Ertz is involved. I mean, the Alshon thing is what it is, but they've really, 
every part of this team seems to be clicking, so it's hard to say what would you want to see. But, I mean, th- obviously this team is going to have to keep it up. And right. I don't think they've peaked too early. But I do think one of the challenges for this team is going to be keeping it up week in and week out. And, you know, I mean, they're not going to go 15-1, and one, I right. don't think. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I'm staring at a sign across the sideline with a Panther logo next to it that says, Keep pounding. Well, go. how about if you're the Eagles, you put an Eagle logo there and you say, keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. That that should be the mentality of this team. And I talked to Malcolm Jenkins about this. I talked to Chris Long about it. I talked to LeGarrette Blount a little bit. Teams handle success differently. Sometimes teams read their own press clippings or listen to talk radio or go on Twitter and, and feel real good about themselves. And yeah. you lose that focus. You lose that workmanlike mentality. I just want to see this team keep it rolling. And if you want to tell me what do I think they could do a little bit better, let's see them air it out a little bit. Let's see them try to get Alshon Jeffrey rolling. Let's try to, you know, see what this secondary looks like when Ronald Darby gets healthy. Let's see them continue to force turnovers. But, you know, the, the brand of football they're playing right now, creating turnovers, converting those t- those turnovers into points, and, and winning games that you're supposed to win, mm-hmm. dominate time of possession, balanced attack, it's all working. So yeah. my thing is keep it up and, and just, you know, if, if you're a player in that locker room, keep the same focus every week. Don't look ahead from more than one game at a time and, and just keep getting the job. Well, done. My thing would be, I was going to say consistency, but I mean, they're over a third way of the season and they've played well. They won the, they've, they've won eight of nine games overall dating back to last season. So they have been consistent to me. I think the thing I'm going to want to see is, and this isn't something they can show me against the Redskins next week, but I want to see them, beat good teams more. I mean, look, I I shouldn't say more because they've only played a certain amount of good teams, but I'm excited to see what they do when they go to play Seattle. I'm excited to see if the Raiders are as good as we think when they come here on Christmas Day. Denver comes in here with a top defense. Denver's going to be a good one. Dallas, Sunday night, coming off the bye. That, I mean, that is going to be an insane game because who knows what's going to be. I mean, maybe Darby's back. Maybe even Sidney Jones is back. I just want to see how this team is going to react. And I'm not saying I don't think they can do it because – Tonight in Carolina, they came in and did it. And as we all know from people that follow me on Twitter, I picked them to win. So I did I did think they could do it. But I just want to see what this team can do in those big spots. And when, when you rank them in the NFC, I think you can make an argument. If you just looked at this season, you just looked at the six games, and you knew nothing else about the teams, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC. When you talk about their quarterback, their defense, the running game. Don't dismiss Greenback. No, no, no. I'm not. But I'm saying I think you can make that argument. But my point is, I think realistically, when we talk about the teams in the NFC, you can't pick the Eagles to be in the top just because those other teams have playoff-proven quarterbacks. And as good as Wentz is, we've seen so many quarterbacks be great in the regular season and freeze up in the playoffs. I don't think that's going to be Wentz. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that factors in when you talk about where how good this Eagles team is. So tonight was a great first step in showing me that they can win on big stages. I want to continue to see them do it. I think that's really, to me, what's holding me back from saying this is a this is a team that can go to the Super Bowl because they haven't even been in a playoff game before, and that's going to be just seeing how they react to that is the biggest thing to me. Yeah, this this, this team might have to go into Lambeau Field in sub-zero weather yeah. against Aaron Rodgers with a chance to go and to the Matt, Super Bowl. Carson Wentz is set up for that though. I mean, who yeah. knows? I'm just saying, like, North Dakota guy. I don't really get into that type of stuff normally, sure. but he feels like the type of guy that could go But that. But saying it and going no, in and right. doing yeah. it is completely different. And, and yeah. I had Carson Wentz number seven in the quarterback power rankings this past Tuesday. Coming up this Tuesday, I think he might be climbing that ladder another so. run or two after tonight, so. for sure. And you would still take Aaron Rodgers over him with building a team? <laughs> yeah, I'd still take Aaron Rodgers. He'd right. probably be one of two players. I'm not players. trying to get your mentions in trouble again. We'll that's just, okay. Yeah, that's okay. We'll, just, but, we'll just drop it. But let's just say this, Elliot, and I, and this is 
as complimentary as I think it can possibly be about Carson Wentz, he's checking every box. He's yeah. improving every single week. And there's room for improvement even after tonight to the point where you say the sky is almost limitless for this kid. Yeah. I mean, really, you know, I'm I, people say that I'm critical. People say that we're negative sometimes. And I don't think that's being negative. I think we're just being realistic. And we certainly point out the negatives with this team. I'm not trying to sound like a homer or a guy that's not afraid to criticize Wentz. He just he's just been that good. And I think that's what you saw tonight. And I think that's what the rest of the NFL saw tonight. He just is that good right now. It doesn't mean in three weeks, if he has a bad three games, we won't say it. But right now he's playing at the top of his level and he's playing at an elite level. So it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, we got a lot of time to kill before this Redskins game in 11 days. But once again, the Eagles win 5-1. and one. The Redskins game, even though I think we both already said we think they're going to blow them out, that's going to be a big game, just primetime division opponent. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, please go subscribe. I should have said this at the beginning, but just so excited from this win. I mean, it's, it's fun to cover a winning team. Absolutely. If, we haven't done this in a while. So go subscribe to us on iTunes. We're at the No Huddle Show, obviously, but then we're at Google Play. We're on Spreaker. We're on all your podcast format. Uh, go to YouTube. If you listen to us there, toss us a like. We really appreciate that. And as always, we need those five-star reviews. Leave us the comments. I enjoy reading them. We're up to 128 now. I don't see why by the time the Eagles get to their bye week, we can get to we should be at 200. I, I think agree. we can get, get to 200 and get to 200. Yeah. Get me to 18,000 Twitter followers. Yeah, get you to 45. Yeah. Get, get get Matt some Twitter followers, man. He has some good tweets every once in a while. You'll enjoy it. So, Absolutely. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, another great win for the Eagles. We'll be back. The Eagles schedule is a little weird over the next few days, but we'll probably be back on Tuesday. Um, maybe Monday with the reaction pod with Joe. So, Matt, good talking to you, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. This was a fun night. Talk to you soon.